0: We are in a series called Struggles, and we are in part four today, and uh, I have been so excited about this message since the beginning of when we uh, first started putting this series together. I've been waiting for this message. And uh, I believe God's got a word for you. And uh, I hope you're ready to receive a word. If you are as excited to hear this as I am to preach it, it's going to be good. All right. We're going to have a good service. And so uh, if you got your Bibles, I want you to open up to Genesis chapter 32, Genesis Chapter 32, if you, buy, if you got your Bible waving in the air like you do care, okay, good, uh, four Bibles, six, okay, seven, eight, okay, there we go, waving notes at me, that's all right, okay, I just made you lazy Christians, but that's okay, um, I'm sorry, but you can, uh, I, I, told, I told the first service, listen, if you've never uh, had your Bible, you, if you don't know, you can get your Bible on your phone or on your iPad, They're, just type in the Bible and uh, there's a version app, Great Bible, got all uh, translations that you can imagine. So many uh, uh, translations, and a great way to follow along. And so, uh, in our technology age, the cool thing is it'll read the Bible to you. So, if you go to work, you can just press it and it'll read the Bible to you, which is awesome. And so, anyways, we are in Genesis chapter 32. If you're there, Sam, there. there. If you're not, say, hold on. I mean, I ain't judging you. We are in Genesis, though. (laughs) I mean, it's the beginning. Just, just saying. I mean, it's just first book of the Bible. It's all right. Uh, Genesis chapter 32. No condemnation. Okay, none, none here. Genesis 32, verse 22. And uh, I'm actually going to read it. I'm going to read it on the screen with you guys. So this is what it says. It says, During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. Uh, we'll deal with that in another series. Um, let Pastor Bubble handle that one. One's enough for me. <laughs> There is a scripture that says no man can serve two masters, right? Anyway, okay, you'll get that in a minute. You'll get that. You'll get that later on. I was sorry. All right. Sorry, I repent. I'm sorry. Okay. He, and he took his two. He took his two servant wives. More problems. And uh. And his eleven sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. And after taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. And this left Jacob all what? what's that word. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Uh, In the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Crazy story. All right, next verse. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I'll not let you go unless you bless me. And then verse 27 four words. What is your name? We'll come to that as well in a minute. And the man asked, and he replied, Jacob. Next verse, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied, and then he blessed Jacob, there. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for your word that it's alive. And uh, and God, I just pray that that your Holy Spirit would illuminate and open this passage of Scripture to reveal who you are and reveal ourselves even to us. God, I pray that you would help me give your people ears to hear today. Give them eyes to see your word. May we see Jesus and experience Jesus today. Thank you for this beautiful weather. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Let me formally introduce myself. My name is Joshua David Belt. That is my name. Uh, Some people know me as Pastor Josh. Some people know me as PJ. Some people know me as Papa J. Some people know me as Superman. Some people know me as Joshy Washy, um, <laughs> But if you say that, I'll kick you out. And, <laughs> and that is my name. That's my full name, Joshua David Belt. And um, what most people don't know, though, is when my mom was pregnant, uh, back in those days, the, the ultrasound machines weren't usually, they weren't like 4D now. Now, like the kid's like waving at you and you can already tell. I mean, like you got their picture up on your wall before they even born. It's kind of spooky. Um, but back in those days, it wasn't that good. And so for the duration of my mom's, uh, of, of her carrying me, they thought I was a girl. Yeah. And so of course, so, so I come out and I ain't no girl, <laughs> but my, my mom had, uh, my mom and dad had a name picked out for me. If I was a girl, you want to know what it is. I ain't telling you <laughs> now. I'll tell you it was Rebecca. Rebecca was going to be my name. I would have rather like something really cool, you know? Um, but I got Rebecca and that was going to be my name, but Rebecca didn't come out. <laughs> Joshua came out. And, uh, and so anyways, needless to say, so I, I came out and, and that was my name. My name actually means, uh, God who saves. That's the meaning of my name. And, and so there's a lot of meaning that comes with names. Uh, you know, with Lindsay, uh, when, before we got married, I told Lindsay, I said, listen, I, after I proposed to her, I said, listen, we're going to, we're going to get married, but there's one thing that we've got to set straight here before we can proceed with this. I said, when I have my first man child, his name will be Josiah. And she's like, are you serious? I said, yes, I am absolutely serious. Am I not? Did I not say this? <laughs> not, not the night, but after we did like, together, I said, this is how it's going to go. And, uh, and so I said, listen, if you can't agree to this, then we can't have, we can't do this. Okay. It's going to be Josiah. I had always loved the name Josiah. That was the name that uh, God had really spoken to me years back. And so uh, my, my grandma had written a song for Josiah before he was even like, before I was even dating. <laughs> I, I, this is no lie. We had, we had a song about Josiah. We had all this stuff about Josiah. And uh, so sure enough, she said, okay, we'll agree to Josiah. And Josiah is now sitting in the front row right there. <laughs> and so so that that is, uh, I, I just love the name and the meaning of it. And you look at the story of Josiah, it's just so much power. He was a king at eight years old, which Josiah thinks he's king too at 11 years old. Anyways, I dethroned him. And so there's a lot of stuff that comes along with a name though. And uh, I am Joshua David Belt. So I want to know, who are you? You are, okay, on the count of three, just tell me what your name is. Okay. One, two, three. Okay, good. Got them all. All right. Got them all. Uh, You have a name as well. And with your name comes somewhat of an identity. It's what the name that you use, you know, to identify yourself with. But there's also many other names that we have that we identify ourselves with. If you were to fill in I am and then fill in the blank, I think a lot of us would fill it in with different things. Some of us would fill in I am a mom. I am single. (laughs) I am a business owner. I am... A husband. I am, but then there's even other things that would begin to identify ourselves. I am an addict. I am struggling. I am hurt. I am, come on, how many know those things? Where sometimes these are labels that you've put on yourself because of maybe decisions you've made, but sometimes some people want to label us, right? I am illegitimate. I am a mistake. I am, you can fill in the blank. And all of us fill in the blank, and a lot of people fill in the blank for us. The story that we're reading today is a story about a man named Jacob. Now, Jacob came from a very crazy family. Um, Jacob's father was named Isaac. Jacob's grandfather, does anybody know what his grandfather's name was? Abraham. Abraham. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows the song, right? father Abraham. Okay. Yeah. Before you were doing the whip and the nay, nay, you were doing the father Abraham, right? That's what you were doing. You were okay. Anyways. So that's, that is, that's for all the Sunday school. That's like number one Sunday school billboard top chart that father Abraham. That's the one that it was. And, uh, anyways, so you, we did the father Abraham. Well, that's Jacob's grandfather. His daddy is Isaac, and then, and then there's Jacob. And so um, in the story, in chapter 32, we see this story of him wrestling with this man. But I want to backtrack. Before we go into that story, I want to backtrack, and I want to show you a little bit of, of what Jacob's life was when he was actually first born. Jacob's mom's name, Rachel. Rachel could not have children. She was barren. The Bible calls that a barren woman. She could not have children. So she pleaded with God and pleaded with Isaac. I need a baby. I need a baby. And Isaac's like, listen, woman, we can't have a baby, but let's just keep trying. And maybe God will just show up. It's typical, man. We're going to figure this out. So, anyways, needless to say, God actually hears her prayers and gives her a baby. So all is going well, and so she gets to, you know, I can just imagine she gets into the doctor's office, they, they lube her up and get all the little stuff, and they start looking at her, her belly, and and all of a sudden there's something crazy that's going on, though. She's like, uh oh. And they're like, Oh, well, what's, what's up? And she's like, I don't know how you prayed, but you got twins! Which, by the way, watch what you pray for, (laughs) because she wanted a baby, and she got double the blessing. And so, sure enough, she's got twins, and these aren't just two twins that just love just being in the womb. These are two twins, you'll find out in just a minute. Well, actually, let's go there. So Genesis chapter 25, let's, let's read it together. It says, but the two children, notice what the two children are doing in her womb. The two children are what? Struggling with each other. UFC in the womb. WWE in the womb. They are duking it out with each other. Can you imagine what that stomach looked like? <laughs> Anyways, that's my imagination. I'm sorry. And so so watch this. So she goes to the Lord. The kids are struggling. They're already fighting. They're not even out yet. And so she went to the Lord about it. And she says, why is this happening? Isn't that what we pray? God, give me that. And then you're like, oh, why did you give that to me? (laughs) Anyways. So she asked and the Lord told her now watch what the Lord says the son is your is in your the sons in your womb will become two nations from the very beginning the two nations will be rivals one nation will be stronger than the other and your older son will serve your younger son and when the time came to give birth Rebecca discovered that she indeed had twins now okay so we are now in the delivery room okay Isaac's beside her going come on baby <laughs> you can do it get out of my face and so anyways so he's like so she's pushing she's pushing she's pushing and Isaac's like the baby's coming and the baby's coming out and she's like isn't he beautiful and he's like no he's hairy he is hairy what did we get what is this this is chewbacca at the beginning this is it watch I'm not, I'm not making, I can't even make this stuff up. It says verse 25. And so the first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair, like a fur coat. This is baby Chewy coming out of Rebecca. Now to make this story even grander, even better. So she, so, so the, you know, the midwife, whatever is pulling, pulling Esau, they named him Esau, They're pulling Esau, Chewy, whatever their last name was, pulling them out. And as they're pulling him out, he gets sucked back in. Say what? So she's like, come on. And then she gets sucked back in and kind of find out as he's pulling out, his brother is holding on to his heel and pulling him back tug of war with Chewbacca going back and forth is happening. the Bible says, look at this verse. It says, so they named him Esau. And the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. And so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 60, 60 year old when the twins were born. So here's the question. Why was this a big deal? Why was the idea of being the first, such a big deal. Well, back in those days, the, the one that was born first, the male, put it that way, the male that was actually born first was given what's called the birthright and the blessing. Two things, the birthright and the blessing. The birthright meant that if you were the firstborn, two thirds of whatever your daddy's estate was, which by the way, father Abraham had many sons and a lot of money. He had a lot of money. And so here we are. Esau gets born first. Two-thirds of everything that Abraham had was Esau's. Two-thirds of his money, two-thirds of his cattle, two-thirds of everything that he had was his. And this is what happened. All the other kids had to divide the rest of it up. Come on, how I mean, you know, that's the shaft. All right? So of course, I want to be first. I want to be the first. And not only did they get the birthright, but they also got the blessing. So Esau would not only get all the money and all the stuff, but then he would get the authority and the blessing. And he would, I mean, it just, man, it was good to be the firstborn, which I am. Any firstborns in here? All right. It went good for you. Anybody else not firstborn? Yeah, you hate us. I know. It's all right. That's what it was. I mean, that's how it just was in the Bible. And so you see from the very beginning with Jacob, though, this me first mentality. Which let's just fill in this first blank. You got some notes? I want you to fill in this first blank. Here's the first one. Me first is always miserable. Me first is always miserable. We live in a culture that celebrates me first. And, and how many know you don't have to train me first? And if you don't think that you're me first by birth, then you don't have children. Come on, how many know you didn't have to train your kids to be me first? Me first. I mean, what trains them to be like, this is mine. Don't touch it. My toys, my this. Who, who teaches them that? Nobody does. Why? Because sinful nature in and of itself creates us to be our own gods. We are me-centered, self-centered. But the thing about being self-centered is when it's all about you, you're miserable. It may be fun for a little while because it's great. It's all about you. But me first is absolutely miserable. And you'll actually see this in the life of Jacob because Jacob spent half of his life, over half of his life, actually living only for himself. You'll see in just a minute of all the stuff that he does over the course of time, we're just trying to get himself first, put himself first. Put How many know people that are always putting themselves first, always want to be the loudest, always want to talk the most, always want to – it's all about them. It's all about what they do. They could really you, – you pick up the phone, and they just start talking, and you can't even talk because they just talking, 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 talk And then, like, you hang out the phone. You're like, ooh, that was good. Okay. It's just all about them and all about what they wanted. Now watch what Luke 9 says. This is in the message translations. It says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. This is what Jesus is saying. If you want to come to Jesus, guess what? Jesus don't like you being first. He says, if you, if you want to come, you've got to let me lead. You've got to let me be first. And, and you're not in the driver's seat. I am. Anybody in here not like being in the passenger seat? Anybody in here, when you're driving, when, when you go to get in the car, you want to drive? Okay, yeah, that's me. Okay, I'm, the, I'm the saying, I want to drive. I, ha- I am a terrible backseat driver. <laughs> terrible. But this also translates also into our walk with God. We like to be in control. We like to, we like to be the one that steers everything. And God says, through Jesus... That if you want, look at this, don't run from suffering, embrace it, follow me, and I'll show you how. Now watch this. Self-help is no help at all. Do you want to know what the biggest section in Barnes & Noble is? Self-help. Self-help. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of books that tell you how to fix yourself. And Jesus actually here says, self-help's no help. Self-help ain't no help. Because how many know, if you could self-help yourself, then you wouldn't need Jesus, right? And probably the truth is, if you could self-help yourself, you wouldn't be here because life would be going awesome. You with me here? And so the fact that we need Jesus is such a big place. Now watch this. But, so self-help's no help. Self-sacrifice, though, is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want And lose who? Lose who? You. The real you, it says. Now watch what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis says, you can look on the screen, it says, look for yourself. And guess what happens when you look into yourself and look to try to find help from yourself? Look what you find. You'll find loneliness. You'll find despair. And you'll find decay. But if you look for Christ, you will find him and with him everything else. So everything that we're longing for, everything that we're looking for, we think that we can find in ourselves, but you cannot. You can only find it in Christ. He is the only one who can provide this for you. And so when you are self-centered, one of the things that you're going to notice when it's always about you, even when you get what you want, it's not enough. You want more. So if you, if you follow the story of Jacob, so Jacob, Jacob and Esau, twins, now they're born. Esau is, was born first. And so the Bible says that Esau, though, Esau was a rugged man. He was hairy. Okay, we already got that. He's, he's, he's a big guy. The Bible says that he loves the outdoor. He loves killing things. This guy could skin a buck. He could run a trout line. He probably watched ESPN, probably drove an F-150. I mean, this is my type of guy. This is what he was. Now, the Bible describes Jacob, though. Jacob was fair-skinned and smooth-skinned and liked to hang out in the tents. You know what that meant? He's a mama's boy. That's Jacob. Jacob is also really good at cooking. He probably watches Downton Abbey, probably has a Pinterest account. I mean, this is Jacob. This is who Jacob is. So Jacob and Esau, twin brothers, but totally opposite in personality and in style, and you're going to find out that Jacob, for the majority of his life, is envious of Esau. And so the way that he's going to put him first is he's going to steal from Esau. You're going to find out in just a little bit. Um, we won't read this story, but, but the birthright that Esau has, Jacob steals it from him. You know how he steals it from him? Jacob, uh, Esau went out to go hunt. He came back, and he was starving. Like any of you men in here, worked all day, and you come home, you're like, what's for dinner? And guess what Jacob's really good at? cooking. He's like, Hey man, you know that stew you like? I'll hook you up. Really? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One thing. Would you give me your birthright? Say what? Give me your birthright and I'll cook you some of your favorite stew. And the Bible says that Esau was so hungry that he gave over his birthright for a bowl of stew. Do you understand the significance of that? He gave away, gave away two thirds of all of his inheritance he was going to get Because he was just hungry. We make really bad decisions when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We make bad decisions, and it shows there. Anyways, so Jacob takes the birthright. But notice this even though Jacob had all of that, he got the two thirds. Notice when you're me centered, you're miserable. And you know why you're miserable? Because it's never enough. You got to have something else. And so the birthright wasn't enough. Guess what else he wanted? The blessing. So we catch up in this story now. Jacob and Esau are 76 years old. Isaac, their dad, is growing weak and can barely see. So Isaac tells Esau, listen, I'm probably about to die. Go kill me some, some, some deer. Bring it back to me. We're going to eat, and then I'm going to bless you. Well, guess who hears this? The mom, Rachel. Guess who Rachel loves? Jacob. Jacob's a mama's boy. Rachel loves Jacob. Esau is a daddy's boy. And so Isaac loves Esau, which by the way, don't do that to your kids. It'll set them up for failure if you do that, by the way. Anyways, so Rachel comes to Jacob and says, your dad's going to bless your brother. I got a plan. We're going to trick him, and you're going to get the blessing. And Jacob goes, what mom? Are you serious? Said, yeah. And he said, mom, I don't want to even take that. She said, don't worry. Whatever bad happens, I'm going to take it for you. Well, so guess what they do? So why uh, Esau goes out to go hunt, Rachel and Jacob cook up the deer. And then they go, oh, wait, you don't look like Je- Esau. You don't sound like Esau. And so what they do is they put on Esau's clothes. They put on goat's fur, all on his arms and his legs because he was hairy like Chewbacca. And, and Jacob was not. Then they, they put meat all on him to make him smell like he'd been outdoor wrestling stuff. And so we catch up in the story here. Now, I want you to see this. We catch up in the story, Genesis 27, verse 18. And so Jacob goes into his father and he says, my father. And he said, here I am. Now watch the question that Isaac asks his father. I mean, I, I, that Isaac asked Jacob. Who what? Who are you? Okay, underline that. Who are you, my son? And notice what Jacob says to his father. He says, I am Esau, your firstborn, I've done as you told me. Now sit up and eat my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, Man, how did you get this food so fast? I mean, what in the world? Now watch what he says. And he answered, The Lord just blessed me. Really? He's lying. And then Isaac says to Jacob, well, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you're really my son or Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice. (laughs) You sound like a girl, (laughs) but you feel like Esau. (laughs) This is weird. It sounds like him, but it says, now watch. But his hands, but, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him. Because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. And so he blessed him. Listen to me. You know you can get so good at pretending that even the people closest to you can't tell? I sat down with a guy this week uh, for lunch. And at the very beginning of our conversation, I asked him, hey, how's it going, man? How's things going? He said, man, it's all good. Over the next two hours, he began, we began to just talk more and more and more, and we found out that there's stuff that's going on in his marriage, stuff that's going on in his family, stuff that's going on in his own soul. And so at the end, I said, Hey, man, how's it going? And he said, Not so good. I said, Why weren't you honest the first time I asked you? Because we all oftentimes are pretending. Church is the best place to pretend, by the way. It's the best place to come in and act like everything's all good. Church people are like the witness protection program. Like, you never know their story. You never know. You can't figure it out. Come on, ain't that the truth? It's the truth. You, ain't, you never get the real story. Hey, how you doing? All oh, blessed. I've talked about that before. Really, you look constipated, but that's okay. How's, how you really doing? How you really doing? And we, we can't let people in. And I'm going to tell you why. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. Sometimes it's because people have hurt us. And so we push people away and we pretend so that way nobody can hurt us again. The problem is you're still living with the hurt and pain. And so no one can ever get close. And what you hide, God can't heal. You're with me? Whatever you hide, God can't heal. So if there is addiction or if there is pain in your marriage or if there is, you know, you're just, hey, man, my, 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 my kids are they're just crazy. And I don't know how to handle them. I don't know. Listen, we can just be honest. Here's the second point. I want you to write this down. Want you write this down, God can't bless who you pretend to be. God can't bless who you pretend to be. You know, we're told in society, fake it till you make it show your best hide the rest. That's what Facebook does, right? Show your best. This angle, right? Right here. This one. It's my left side, right? And then you filter it, crop it. (laughs) I mean, like, it's not even you anymore by the time it's done. I tell women all the time, I said, listen, don't be fake with the guy. Because, man, you're going to go on your honeymoon and you're going to, like, start taking off eyelashes, taking things out and taking all that. He's going to be like, what did I marry? Who are you? (laughs) Because you were so fake to get them. And then when they found the real you... But that's what we're so concerned about though. If you knew the real me, then would you love me? But come on, how many know that's the, you're the one that has to go to bed at night knowing that people, there's a part of you that people don't know. And so you always live in this fear of what happens when they do find out. And so God can't bless who you and I pretend to be. All of us have kind of three versions of ourselves. I have one. There's the pastor Josh that you see that I currently am struggles and all insecurities and all depression moments and all the fears that I have and all there's the pastor Josh that I want to be the future version of me. He's awesome. He is the best pastor ever. He loves people so well. He doesn't get mad at you. Like he's amazing. He loves Jesus way more than anything. He is the best husband and the best father. And there's the future version of me, but then there's, the other version of me. And that is the person that I want you to see. And that's the fake one. There's the real one. There's the future one. And then there's the selfie one. The one that I want people to see that makes me seem like him, but really it's him. Anybody with me on this one? And can I just tell you this? If anything, just to encourage you, God doesn't love a future version of you. And I'm going to tell you, we buy into this. It's the reason why people don't come to church. It's because they think they've got to clean themselves up before God will accept them and love them. And the truth is, God loves you just as you are right now. God loves the current Josh right now. Not the future version of Josh. Not the fake selfie of Josh. But the Josh that struggles and works through the issues of what I have in my own heart. Y'all with me here? And God, listen, God loves you. You don't earn it, you don't deserve it. He gives it freely, and so we can't pretend to be that. and And, and, and the truth is, come on, how many are you glad that you don't have to be perfect to be a candidate for God to use you? God, I'm so grateful that God never calls the perfect people, but He does perfect the people that He calls. And so, if you're in here and you're not perfect, welcome to the club. But He does perfect you; that's His job. Now, listen, you may be able to fool Isaac, but you don't fool yourself, and you don't fool God. You may be able to fool your husband. You may be able to fool a family member. You may be able to fool your coworkers, but you got to go to bed with yourself and you ain't fooling yourself and you definitely ain't fooling God. So let's not pretend because God can't bless who we pretend to be. And last but not least, let's fill in this last one. The only real battle I have to win is the one within the only real battle I have to win is the one within if we go jump now to Genesis chapter 32, the story of, of, of Jacob and, and this man that are wrestling, we're going to find out that this man is God. That's who this man is. It is God himself. And now watch what it says in verse 32. Uh, I mean, in chapter 32, verse 24, it says, and Jacob was left what? What is it? Alone. Jacob was left alone. And how many of you can tell that it wasn't until Jacob was alone that God was able to show him who he really was? It wasn't until he was alone that God was able to show him who he really was. When was the last time that you were alone with God? I think the gap between who we are and who God calls us to be is the difference between how much time we spend with God alone. Because how many of you know, if you you watch... If you watch TV, if you look at any of the magazines that are on the, the, the stands in the grocery stores, everything in culture is telling you this is how you need to be. This is how you need to act. This is how you, this is why men try to be macho. This is why people try to put on a front because culture is telling us you've got to be this in order to receive and be accepted and love. Come on, how many remember junior high and high school? Come on, you weren't you? You were like, yo, 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 what's up? I'm like, that's not you? That's not you? wearing baggy clothes or whatever, got your hair all different. Come on, how many times you change your hair in high school? A lot. I mean, in our high school, you'd wear the, you'd wear the jeans backwards. How stupid is that? Who made that up? And yet that's, that's what we did to try to, to try to gain the approval of people that really didn't even care about us in the beginning. And yet we do that all the time even now. And so you see this idea of when when Jacob was alone, watch what God did. He did something powerful in his life. You know, uh, Joel, our youngest, when he had his big surgery that he had uh, in, in November of 2014... We did it in St. Louis and it was a real scary time and really scary procedure. And so I was like, man, let's get as many people to come. And so Pastor Bubba came, Pastor Zach came. We had, uh, my dad was there. We had some people from church were there. I mean, we're sitting in this waiting room. It's just a high stress, high fear environment. All these people are there just loving on us, loving on us, loving us. And the surgeon walks in and says, it's time. And so we get, we you know start wheeling Joel down into the, to the surgery room. And so they said, Josh and Lindsay, y'all can come in. And as we're doing anesthesia, you can stay here until he gets put under. But when he gets put under, you got to go. You got to go. I mean, you know, with whatever struggle, whatever thing we're going through, it's great just to have people around you to encourage you to be there. But there's moments where it's got to be you and God. And in that moment... It was Joel and this surgeon, and he did work on him. And there's some areas of our lives where it's great to have people around you, but there's some things in our lives where it just needs to be you and God. And God does work on you. That is this idea of Jacob was left alone. We 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 get scared of being alone, don't we? We get scared of no noise. you I know mean, when it's quiet in your house, you're like, what's going on? Like, we're such, we're such a noise-filled, busy culture that we don't know how to be still. And I'm speaking to myself. We don't know how to shut everything down. We don't know how to turn off the phone. We don't know how to just get engaged and go, God, come on, some of you, sun, Sunday, that is you, that's for you, right? You come in here, and this is your moment to get away from what's going on at work, get away maybe for some family, and just come in and just go, God, this is me and you. This is me and you. I'm just encouraging you to have those moments every day and not only on Sundays. Because how many know Monday comes around real quick? And we need to have these moments with God because, listen to me, one moment with God can change everything. One moment with God can change depression like that. One moment with God will take you from hopeless to hope-filled. One moment with God will take you from being depressed to being full of joy. One moment with God can do everything. And listen, I look around this room and I see men and women and I see couples and I see families in here where you came in here and you had one moment with God and it's changed everything for you. It's everything for you. that's That's our prayer every weekend is that people would come in no matter where you are in life and you would have a moment with God because when you have a moment with God, you're never the same. You're never the same. Look at at this verse in verse 27. He says, this is what God asks him. God now asks him, what is your name? Now, we've heard that before, haven't we? You know where we've heard that before? With Isaac. You remember when Jacob went into Isaac and was going to bring him the the, the food? And what does Isaac say? Who are you? And what does Jacob say? I am Esau. (laughs) And so what does God say here? Hey, what's your name? Now, let me ask you this. Or let me tell you this. Was God asking him that because he didn't know his name? No. Okay, let me just help you here. Anytime God asks you a question, it's cause, not because he doesn't know. Anytime God asks you a question, it's because he's wanting to make sure that you know. And so here is, here is the moment. This is the apex moment of this whole scenario. God looks at him after all night wrestling, touches his hip. He falls down and he goes, what's your name? And Jacob has a moment here. And this is his moment. Do I act like somebody else? Or do I say, I'm Jacob? Well, what does he do? He says, I'm Jacob. And you know what he just did in that moment? He got honest. You know what he just said? I am deceiver. I am hill grabber. I am birthright stealer. I am manipulator. Yep, that's me. And guess what God does? God doesn't go, boom, told you so. You know what God does? Now watch what God does. When he finally gets honest, watch what God does. Verse 28, he says, your name will no longer be Jacob. Now that you finally have realized your name's Jacob, I'm changing it. I'm gonna change the name. You're gonna have a name change. And the man told him, and he said, he said, from now on, you will be called Israel because you forgot, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Jacob meant deceiver. Jacob meant heel grabber. And guess what? He lived up to that name, didn't he? He totally lived up to that name. And God says, listen, you've been a deceiver and you've lived up to that name, but I'm changing your name. Your name is no longer Jacob. It's going to be Israel. You know what Israel means? Triumphant one. And Jacob went from trickster to triumphant one in one moment with God. Come on, how are you glad that God doesn't call you by what your name is? Adulterer, fornicator, idolater. No, you know what he says? Pure, holy, righteous, forgiven, Blameless, Son of God, man of God. You come around here, you're a man. You know what you're going to hear me and Pastor Bubba call you all the time? Man of God. I had a guy the other day say, man, I feel so good when you call me man of God. I said, you know why? Because I'm calling you you what you are. Even though you don't feel that way, that's what you are. You are a man of God, woman of God, child of God, destined by God. God comes into this scenario and says, now that you're honest, now you see that you were a deceiver. Now I can change your name. How many you glad for a new name change? A new name change. That's what Jacob is. Genesis 29, the next verse though. Now watch what happens. The next verse he says, now Jacob asked God, hey, please tell me your name. <laughs> please tell me your name. Jacob said, And he says, well, why do you want to know my name? And the man replied, then he blessed Jacob there. Does God answer him? No, no. The reason why God doesn't answer him with his name is because God wasn't there to show him who God was. God was there to show Jacob who he was. That's the whole reason why he was there. That's why he didn't say, I am God. No, he said, no, I just wanted you to know that you're Jacob. Now here's the powerful part of it all. We're going to wrap all this up years, years, years down the road. Jacob has now become Israel. And years down the road, the Bible says that the children of Israel are in slavery in Egypt. And there is a man by the name of Moses. And he is out in the wilderness and God grabs his attention. You know how he grabs his attention? The burning bush. His bush is on fire and a voice comes out of the bush, calls Moses and says, Moses, you're gonna go to my people. And you're gonna let my people Go. Anyways, and so I don't know if he said that way, but he said, you're going to go and you're going to free my people. And so Moses, insecure, fearful, says, when I go, when I go to Egypt, what am I going to tell them? And Look, this is the verse. Look at Exodus chapter three, verse 13 says, then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask, what is his sound familiar again? What is his name? What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Now watch this. This is the powerful part. Verse 15. But God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac. And you think he's going to say, and of Israel. Because Israel's the cleaned up version. Israel's the good version. Israel's the one that you want to be known for. I am the God of Israel. I am I am the God of this God. No longer the deceiver. The triumphant one. I'm the God of him. I'm the God of the guy who don't cuss anymore. Like that's the guy I'm a God of. But he doesn't say it, does he? What does he say? I am the God of Jacob. I'm the God of of Jacob I'm the God of Jacob I mean no God is comfortable with our struggles he's totally comfortable with our struggles and for the rest of the time you're going to see with Jacob even though his name is Israel he's going to be referred to all throughout the next years of his life Jacob and Israel Jacob and Israel because here's the truth even though you're Israel you still struggle with Jacob don't you Come on, isn't that the truth? Even though you're Israel, you still struggle with Jacob. Jacob is still a struggle inside of us. Even though I love Jesus with all my heart, I still struggle with what's going on that's inside of me. Because the war, the greatest war that God wants you to win is the war within. It's the war within. It's not what's going on around you. It's what's going on in you. And God wants you to realize that he is the God of Jacob that I am the God of the part of your life that you struggle with. I'm the God of the part of the life that you don't want anybody to see. I'm the God of the part that you've been trying to pretend and hide. I am the God of that part. And I am the God here that is here to heal and help and restore. That is the God that we serve and that is the God that I serve and that you serve. He is the God who's forgiven us, not because we're perfect, but because we're honest. And today we have an opportunity to be honest before the Lord. Would you stand together? Come on, I want you to stand together with us here. Because I believe some of you here today need a new beginning. You need a new beginning. Maybe you're walking in Jacob right now and God's going to make some Israel. But before we go any further, I want us to do this. I want us to pray. Uh, praise the Lord. I want us to worship the Lord. I want us to thank God. I asked the band to come in. We're going to sing this song again about when God is in the room, everything changes. So come on, would you just lift your hands before the Lord? God, we love you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God of Jacob. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're the God who forgives. God, you're the God who who embraces us, who welcomes us with open arms. And we worship you today.